this episode is a little bit different. I couldn't interview somebody for various reasons. So what I'm going to do is explain what pace parenting is, where the acronym comes from and then I've asked a couple of my friends you'll recognize their voices from episodes one and two of this season what the different things mean to them. PACE is an acronym developed by Dan Hughes who worked with a lot of traumatized children and he realized that those that were able to heal and that were having good relationships with their carers were those that displayed four attributes and they are playfulness, acceptance, curiosity and empathy and they all come, it all comes under the umbrella of something called therapeutic parenting, which is particularly important for little ones who can't stay with their birth family, whether that's temporarily and they're in foster care or permanently and they've been adopted. Because if that's the case, it's traumatic. Um, whether or not they're taken from at day one or when they're 10, the act really of separating somebody from their biological parents is something that has a lasting and lifelong impact on people but that can be mitigated against by using the paste attributes but it's useful for all parents really because using these attributes and displaying them and using them in your parenting every day will lead to a calmer home it means that there should be fewer conflicts Um, and it also means that you're more likely to form a solid attachment with your little one so It's not just for parents who've got adopted little ones or are fostering little ones. It can help to create a really nice environment at home where everyone's having fun and you can return to calm in between sort of the tantrums and the the big emotions, but also have a way of understanding them and be able to help your little ones through them. Because I really believe that no emotions are negative and it's a sign of a psychologically healthy adult if we can accept all of our emotions know how to work through them and express those in a healthy way so that is what pace is all about in summary so even though all emotions aren't pleasant to feel necessarily in our bodies or to process if we can use the pace way of being the way of parenting but also with relating to ourselves then it means that our children will understand those emotions and not shy away from them which will be really really important for them moving forward um so firstly we're going to hear from grace about what pace means to her if i were to put pace into my own words i would say it's a series of strategies or ideas that you can use to distract your child in the moment or support them through a difficult moment Um, but it's also an investment in their futures because it helps them to self-regulate to understand how they're feeling and how to process that and so it's really a, a double benefit when you use pace so p is for playfulness which feels like the one that needs least explanation and one that hopefully all parents kind of are naturally doing anyway. Um, it's approaching everything that you can really with a sense of fun and trying to turn things into a game. So I use it a lot with daily tasks that little one isn't too keen on. So brushing her teeth is a big one at the moment. So she's got this little sticky lizard toy which I'll wrap around the toothbrush and then she'll let sticky lizard have a go or we'll play like mummy's turn her turn um or I'll get one of her dolls to hold her hairbrush and I'll brush her hair 
kind of with that so anything that involves kind of a little toy she always finds really engaging and it's been great for transitions as well you know can you go and get your little baby octopus toy because we're going to go upstairs can you bring can you bring them upstairs um and making it just making it fun really to get around and those little moments that can otherwise be really frustrating she's then suddenly excited to do because we're going to do something fun um so i use it as well when she doesn't want to get in the push chair but we need to get somewhere we'll run like a cheetah or walk like a crab which is a particularly funny looking one which tends to make people around us smile as well but you know being animals and running through the forest or running through the park is really exciting whereas come on we need to get back to the car isn't so it's finding those moments where your kid is excited by what they're doing even if actually what we're doing is quite boring um, or would be quite boring but yeah for me I think transitions is the most important thing that I'm using it for at the moment and also when I can see her about to get really frustrated as a distraction technique I'll you know try and distract her with something fun or playful or silly to get so we don't have to get to the point where I'm using empathy and talking through her emotions because they haven't got so big that they're overwhelming and then we can just move on with what we're doing it's so catching it just at that start and turning it into into something fun instead P is for playfulness and it is probably uh, the one of the four that I have found most difficult with my child. She doesn't seem to entertain playfulness too much, but there was an example yesterday where I successfully managed playfulness to avoid a conflict between the two of us. So I was in the kitchen trying to prepare her dinner and she was clearly very hungry. So she was in our uh, pantry cupboard trying to take breadsticks from the cupboard, which she can now reach. And she uh, was adamant that she was going to have them and I was asking her to leave them alone. But rather than entering into a feud with her of yes, no, yes, no, I distracted her by pretending that there were several zoo animals in the garden. So I quickly turned my head to look out into the garden through the window and I said, wow, did you see that cheetah? It was so quick in the garden. And immediately her attention was taken from the breadsticks and the fact that she was hungry. And she then entered into imaginative play with me to find different zoo animals in the garden. Using playfulness to help with mundane parenting activities day to day is just a really useful tool. So an example would be my son, who's four, really struggles with like the mundane task of getting dressed, whether that's getting dressed for the day, getting his pajamas on, or, um, you know, having to change him throughout the day for whatever reason. He just really struggles with that activity and having to do it. Um, so a lot of times I'll just be like, okay, super cat speed, go. And that's kind of a signal to him that, oh, we're actually playing through changing and he'll race the time and try to do it really fast to get his shirt off or his trousers off and put his new ones on um, and then it becomes less of a fight and that's really helpful and it works most of the time because he loves pj masks um, and another example would be you know driving down the road and you know it's a boring drive and the kids really don't want to be buckled into their car seats and you just hear mom 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 or complaining or asking a million questions so i give them a challenge i'll give them a challenge while i'm driving um 
I'll say to my daughter who's a bit older, I'll say, okay, I really need you to count every red mailbox you see for me. I need to know how many red mailboxes there are until we get to where we're going. Um, and then my son who's a bit you know, younger, I'll give him a little bit of an easier task. Okay, I need all the red cars counted or all the yellow cars counted. Um, and that will keep them pretty well entertained until we get to where we're going. So it's just, it's finding something to help you get through the more difficult, mundane parts of your day as a parent and trying to find the fun in that activity for the kids. A is for acceptance. And it's about the parent's attitude here. So my, my attitude of accepting where little one is at, what she's doing, and that she might be at a different stage of development than expected. So, which is a huge thing, being an adoptive parent, is you look at these milestones and sometimes they can be really far behind or a bit behind in certain things because they just haven't had the developmental opportunities because they haven't had the care that they needed necessarily before they moved in. And it's so much easier if you can just accept where they're at and not try and kind of bring judgment into it or try and push them to do things that they're not ready for so a big one for us is that she keeps wanting a bottle at the moment um with milk in it and the health visitor is unimpressed by the fact that we do give her a a milky bottle during the day because it's not great for her teeth and in terms of her health it's something that we should be trying to wean her off of but actually she needs that regression at the moment it's something that we know that wasn't um, fulfilled for her when she was a baby as often as it should have been so it often gets referred to as filling in missing bricks so we have these foundations these walls that build up and of our needs being met when we're little and traumatized children have missing bricks and one of her missing bricks is around nutrition especially when she was really tiny so she wants to be rocked by me. She wants to be fed by me with her bottle. She wants to get her nutrition through a bottle like a baby does. So we started trying to fight it and listening to the health visitor. And she was really miserable. And actually we had a conversation and went, no, we just need to accept that this is where she's at. This is what she needs. And she's a lot happier. And we're getting her her needs met for regression, even if it means we have to brush her teeth a little bit more because she's getting a bit more lactose on them. A is for acceptance. And this, for me, is probably the one of the four letters of the acronym that I had understood least well. And in preparing for today, actually sought some input from my adoption mum circle to check my understanding. And and having done that, I reflected that acceptance is about accepting our children for who they are. And there have definitely been a couple of of things that we have had to accept that S does since she has, has moved home with us. And one of those is around getting changed several times a day. And uh, several is perhaps an understatement when I think back to the early days. Um, But she would use getting changed as a control mechanism and we decided uh, my husband and I that this is something that we weren't going to try and curb as a behavior but it was a a piece of control that we were going to allow her to have 
And so some days she was possibly changing up to 30 times from one outfit to the next and back again. And yeah, and, and it's something that we accepted. And over time, actually, her behavior in, in that space has diminished. And she's maybe changing once or twice a day, which is much more in line um, and much more age appropriate. So acceptance in pace parenting is just kind of accepting where your child is at any given moment in time and allowing them to experience that behavior or that feeling. Um, and it can be really difficult because um, sometimes it's triggering for you as a parent as well. So in my most recent experience is my son is four. And honestly, he's going through a phase that every four-year-old probably goes through. I can't, I, every parent I talk to, like, oh, yeah, that sounds like he's four, you know. Um, but recently, he just really struggles with mealtimes, um, whether it's breakfast, whether it's lunch, whether it's tea. He will come to the table, see what's presented to him for food, and have an immediate reaction, um, usually negative, to what has been presented to him. And it doesn't matter what's on that plate or in that bowl, it could be his favorite thing in the world, but there will be something wrong with it and he will throw a fit about it. Um, and so again, this is not something different. Um, this is a phase I feel that every child kind of goes through at some point, um, but it's accepting that we're in this phase, we're in this part of his life. And my husband and I have had to accept that tea time every night is going to start with a mini tantrum from our son before we can get him to sit down at the table and finally eat something. And the tantrums used to last, you know, maybe an hour, but we've gotten them down now to like five minutes, 10 minutes. And usually it's an immediate reaction to what's presented to him. I don't like that. I don't want that. Why is the potatoes touching the meat? Why is there meat on the bread? Why would you put meat on the bread? And then, you know, I don't like that and kind of pushing the plate away um, to finally sitting down and actually eating everything on his plate because actually everything on that plate is things that he eats. Um, so we've just had to recognize that this is a phase. This is how he's feeling. He's going to do this no matter what we do to try to preempt it or stop it from happening. He's still going to come in and have a reaction. So the best thing that we can do as parents is kind of just go with it. And we do. We've we've adapted to a feeling of like, this is happening. This is our life now. And we support each other through it. And we support our son through it as well. And it can be really um, hard, but we're making it happen. And every night the tantrums are getting smaller and smaller. And hopefully we see the end of that tunnel very soon. C stands for curiosity and rather than going straight to trying to correct what they're doing it's really using our powers of curiosity to work out what might be behind it so a lot of the time I'm using phrases like I'm wondering if can you tell me if this is right and trying to reflect back to her what I think might be going on in her in a world to help her understand her behavior a little bit more and um, she is only little she's two so a lot of the curiosity is me internally or me talking to my husband and us trying to work out what's behind certain behaviors so that we can work out how can we we can fulfill the needs that are underneath them so an example of curiosity that we've used 
was there was a period of time when little one was pushing against uh, my husband when he came in and shouting, no, daddy, no. And we were really sort of trying to work out exactly what was going on. Um, after we'd had a chat about it, I sat down with her and I said, I wonder if you don't like it when daddy comes in, because that usually means that mummy leaves. And she looked at me and she nodded and then she sort of curled up into a little sad face. And we worked out that basically every time he walked in the room, I would go, oh, I'm just going to get to the toilet or I'm just going to go and, you know, answer this phone call, whatever, whatever it was. I'd take the opportunities of my husband being there to leave the room almost immediately or it would mean that a big transition was coming up and I was going out for the day or whatever it was that was happening. So she'd begin to associate him coming with me leaving immediately. And as soon as we'd had that conversation with her, and she'd, she um, sort of began to process that that's what was happening. We became more conscious and we did more over, sort of more overlaps to make sure that it wasn't so immediate. And I did a lot more reassurance with her that I will be back. Um, and now eventually she'll, she now likes that phrase. She'll say, mummy back and she'll go back. And I'll say, yes, I'll be back. And then when I come back in the room, she'll go, yay, mummy back. But being really explicit with that helped her to process the idea that I'm not leaving forever and that daddy walking in the room isn't a negative thing either Um, and her behaviour almost immediately changed which was really reassuring to see. C is for curiosity and curiosity is the strategy or toolkit within PACE that helps us to be inquisitive with our children and help them to explore their emotions and feelings, but also to teach them that skill set of scanning their bodies and their minds to understand how they're feeling. So, for example, if um, S hits me um, because she's feeling frustrated about something, I will use curiosity to try and explore with her what might be going on and what has led her to hit out. And the, the thing that I remind myself often about curiosity is that it's not about having the answer but it is about exploring the emotions, the possibilities. And what I really love is that after quite a short period of time with S, she is now starting to answer me. So when I say to her, I wonder if you're feeling worried, she will say, yes, I'm worried. Or I might say, I wonder if you're feeling sad because, and she will say, no, it's not that. And it's a, a really cool way for us to and engage but to help her to explore how she is feeling and to begin to process those emotions. So recently using curiosity um, in parenting to me it kind of goes hand in hand with the acceptance part but most recently I used curiosity to help me understand why, why my daughter was acting a certain way um, with really challenging behaviors in our household. So recently I, I'd been kind of observing that she would go in and kind of antagonize her brother just enough um, that he would lash out at her and hit her or bite her or scratch her and in turn she would come screaming and yelling to us that she was hurt she was hurt she was hurt and you know what and it was really frustrating because it was happening all the time and I and I actually was watching her kind of poke and prod him to the point where he got frustrated. And I was like, well, let me take a step back. Obviously his behavior is wrong. 
I don't contone him hitting or biting his sister, but actually there's something more deep rooted happening here. So using curiosity, I was able to sit with her, kind of try to help point it out before it starts happening. And through that, I've actually figured out um, using wondering statements and deeping, digging into her feelings that actually what all of that is about is that she's needing more attention. She's needing more physical touch. She's needing a cuddle from her mom and getting her comfortable with actually coming in just asking me for a cuddle when she's feeling that way. There's no need to go and try to get your brother to hit you so that you're hurt. Um, also, um, through that, we've also discovered that maybe she just needs some time away from her brother. She needs some alone time. So we've since instituted a rule in the house about um, her room is her safe place. And anytime she feels overwhelmed and that she needs a break from her brother, she can go up to her room and lay on her bed and read her chapter book. We've got some coloring books on her desk in there. And that is kind of her place to kind of go and just get some time to herself. And that's really helped. But it's using the curiosity techniques of asking her, I wonder why you're feeling that way. I wonder why you feel the need to go and take that toy from your brother to upset him you know it's wrong, you're the older sibling, you know? So exploring that track of behavior, really, really hard, but it's really, really important to really understand why a child is being the way they are. So the last part of PACE is E for empathy. So it's really trying to get into our child's minds and their feelings, looking at what their body's doing, their body language, their tone of voice, their facial expressions, their behaviour, and trying to work out what's going on for them, what feelings they're getting, what signals their bodies are giving to them. And this works much better if it's genuine. Uh, people, but I think particularly children, can tell if we're not quite believing what we're saying or not quite actually entering into their world. Now, it's impossible to do 100% of the time, and we'll get it wrong some of the time, but trying to genuinely work out how they're feeling in that moment is likely to be the most successful when you can do it. And the second really important part of it is communicating that to them to help them with their emotional intelligence. So, you know, I can see that you're clenching your fists. I'm wondering if you're angry or frustrated. E is for empathy. And for me, this is about taking a moment to sit and really acknowledge and be in the feelings that your child is having in that moment. A recent example where I've applied empathy with my child is when I told her that we were going to visit her foster carers who we hadn't seen for some time and the last time we saw them it was quite disruptive for her and so so I told her we were going to see them and she, I saw an instant reaction she went quiet she was contemplative she was really thinking and I think questioning um what was going on because we we haven't seen them for some time and so I used a combination of curiosity and empathy to sit with her in those emotions and to help her process them and I just said this must feel really confusing for you and you will be feeling all kinds of big feelings I wonder if you're feeling X, Y, and Z, you're going back to curiosity. And we were then able to sit and just have a cuddle and be together. 
And she knew that I understood how she was feeling, or at least I was beginning to understand how she was feeling. And that gave us a moment of connection and it helped her to calm and to regulate. So using empathy in your approach to parenting is something that basically just means that you're not leaving the child alone in their thoughts and feelings, right? So when they're the ugliest, their, you know, their behaviors are the hardest or their, their feelings are the most difficult to see, you are there closely next to them, experiencing it with them, not letting them be alone. Um, and so an example of that would be not using timeout, um, instead using time in. So, you know, my son lashes out at my daughter, he hits her. Um, I don't put him on the naughty step. I don't give him a timeout and say, oh, that's, you, you don't do that. You kind of have to go in, into a corner now. You actually say, okay, I'm going to take him away. I'm going to go sit with him on his bed together. We're going to talk about what happened. I'm going to sit with him through those feelings of frustration or anger, whatever he's feeling, and see it through to the end until I can get him laughing again or happy again and understanding that there's light at the end of that tunnel. Um, it's really important to maintain that close contact with your children when they are feeling the hardest. Not just in the happier times, but in the hard, difficult times as well, um, and seeing them through those feelings. Thank you so much for listening and to Amanda and Grace for contributing their segments of this. I'd be really interested to know what people thought of this format and whether they found it helpful, um, whether it felt a lot worse or disjointed compared to when I sort of interview someone. So yeah, any feedback really gratefully received either wherever you're listening to this or on Instagram would be fantastic. And I hope you're having a day full of playfulness, acceptance, curiosity and empathy. <laughs>